1: at it again it's the all right seeing the place to be here on this edition of the football playbook a football friday edition of the football playbook here on jacobs sports channel brought to you by ocean casino and resorts in atlantic city home of 10 times free play home of the atlantic city jazz festival coming september 17th make sure you log on check out the whole concert lineup over there at the ocean casino big shout out uh, to all the chat room people, I see you waking up with me. So happy to be here. Tavern, Mike, Gigi, Meta, John, Dixon, Jeremiah, all the chat room people. If you're out there, holla at you, boy. Hey, you guys left me hanging on 99 yesterday. We were supposed to get 100 likes. You guys left me hanging at 99. Can we get an early jump on that? Please hit that like 99 guys. You left me hanging on Mark Gastineau. Come on, son. Uh, We got a jam-packed edition for you here today. Shout out to the Jacob uh, YouTube Sports Channel in case you didn't hear the news. Over 1 million listeners and viewers for the month of August. Buckle up. We're just getting started here for the football season. And um, some exciting news on the Jacob Sports Channel that could be coming down the wire involving the football playbook. And uh, I can't spill the beans just yet. It may involve the Ocean Casino, though. So I'm just saying you're home for the Eagles post game. We got a lot of Eagles news to catch up on here today. Uh, I'll recap some of the college football action. We had two thrillers late night uh, with Pittsburgh and Penn State in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, we'll dabble with some of the weekend matchups. We got some guests lined up. We'll have my guy, Ralph Ventry, Part of the NFL Draft Bible, familia, of course, longtime co-commissioner of the Northeast Conference, and how about Bryant almost knocked off Akron last night? We had Sacred Heart or Sacred Heart almost knocked off Akron. Uh, Bryant almost beat FIU. We had almost a couple of FCS upsets last night. We'll get uh, Ralph's take on that, and we'll do some over unders. I'll get some NFL predictions in hopefully today that I have for you. Uh, Howard Balzer. Coming up in hour two, checking in out there in the desert. Uh, long time uh, NFL insider, NFL Hall of Fame voter. In fact, we'll have Howard Balzer every Friday to kind of go around the league. Of course, a Philadelphia native. So uh, he speaks our language. And then Bob Wiley uh, checking in tonight. Or t- tonight. <laughs> it shows you where my head is at. Checking in an hour or two to bring it on home with you here. Tone behind the scenes. Um holding it down here till 12 o'clock until the sports take guys take over. And if you don't know, now, you know, uh, it's Labor Day weekend. Hopefully you're off, not working, tuning in to the Jacob sports channel. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be, uh, balls to the wall coverage from here on out. So I'm really excited about it now. Um, I'll get to some Eagles news in a second. I'll start off with the Eagles news. So Andre Dillard, he, um, Fractured a bone in his left forearm, I believe. Uh, Fortunately, it's not a situation where he needs surgery. So he is going to miss some time. How much time, I still don't know. I would imagine he's going to probably miss the first half of the season, at least four games, maybe six, maximum eight. I think you have him for the second stretch of the season. So what does that mean? Uh, Does Jack Driscoll slide over into that spot? Do they elevate? LaRaven Clark, they got Coyote there on the practice squad. So uh, the Eagles will have to kind of um, move some pieces around there in terms of the backup tackle spot with Dillard going down. Unfortunate news, uh, he was on the trade block. I thought, you know, from all reports and indications that I've read, uh, Dillard played pretty well. So, you know, hopefully we can stash him and bring him back for the second part you know he's going to go on the PUP I would assume if he's not already which means he's got to miss at least four games and so you know we'll check in on how that plays out yes Jordan Mulata definitely needs to stay healthy that'll be critical Uh, however Jason Kelsey looks good to go Miles Sanders looks good to go Uh, speaking of that backfield they brought in Trey Sermon yesterday we mentioned that on the air before that move actually happened and I mentioned you know he was down at the senior bowl doing interviews. I remember he didn't participate and he was trying to keep the injury under wraps. I mean, if I know, I'm sure the NFL teams knew, but he had this broken collarbone. He went 88th overall. Um, you know, it, the problem is with sermon, he dances too much. You know, you're six foot, you're 215 pounds. You need to plant your foot, get up the field and go, bro. Just go stop all this dancing. I don't need this Herschel Walker tap dance, you know, before you hit the line of scrimmage. So, you know, I don't know if, if he's that bigger back that the Eagles were seeking. Nothing wrong with rolling the dice on a third round pick from just a year or two ago. Big time baller at Ohio State. And he is a pretty decent blocker and pass catcher out of the backfield. In fact, I would think that's probably his best attribute for the Eagles offense is catching the ball out of the backfield because he's a guy you want to get the, the the ball uh, a player you want to get the ball in space you know let let him get the ball in his hands let him use his elusiveness pick up some yards after the catch that's how I would see uh, the Eagles offense using Trey Sermon but hey nothing wrong with that uh, uh, pickup there and can we get some clarification tone because I did not see him on uh, the Eagles practice squad I heard some rumors he might have been elevated exact right to the 53 man so i didn't get a check to chance uh, a chance to check the eagles roster is he on the practice squad or the or the 53 roster do we know um also some eagles news davion taylor comes back to the practice squad um had a chance to scout him at colorado against oregon uh, who's playing uh, georgia this weekend and we'll get into that game later on but i remember you know i was just about ready to give davion taylor a reject grade uh based on what i saw in person and then somewhere i think it was like the fourth quarter cj verdell who i think is on usc now or he might have came out this year he he might be lingering somewhere in the league the oregon running back had probably like a 30 yard you know he he busted for a long run and and out of nowhere here comes this linebacker, Davion Taylor, tracking down C.J. Verdell from about 30 yards downfield, saved the end zone, and I said, hey, you know what? Maybe he's not a reject because you can't find linebackers that run 4-4, so, you know, he's a guy that I I think is somewhat of a liability. You you obviously don't want him starting. If you got to elevate him as a backup, you know, he can give you adequate play, but, uh, you know, he's making me nervous, and thank you for uh, Gigi Meta." So Sermon is on the 53. That'll be interesting. Thank you, John. Uh, that'll be interesting because now they have four running backs on the active roster along with the three-headed monster, uh, as you guys know. So, hey, I think Trey Sermon will get a shot. I don't know how long he he lasts in Philadelphia, but he's got to learn to get upfield. He's got to see the field better. He's got to hit the hole hard, and he's got to stop dancing around uh, before he hits the line of scrimmage. That's the skinny on Trey Sermon. Um, how about Jalen Hurts? I saw an article there yesterday saying, "Bro, huh, you think I watch Jacob Sports Channel and listen to all the haters? You think I'm listening to all the haters on Jacob Sports?" Now he didn't call out Jacob Sports, but he was asked about the criticism that he receives. Is he uh, aware of it? Does he listen to? It? He said, bro, "Bro, I'm out here. I do me. I do me." He said, "I don't hear anything you say," which I don't believe. I know he's very aware. I mean, all the Eagles players are checking that Jacob uh, Sports Twitter feed. I know that. So you can say what you want. We know the truth, Jalen. It's all good, though. I think, you know, the one thing the article mentioned is that he's got the perfect DNA for the Philadelphia media, the Philadelphia fan base. I mean, let's be honest. The guy's cool as a cucumber. He can handle the heat. He's been on a big time stage, Alabama, Oklahoma, no problem. Playoff football, no problem. Whew. Cool as a cucumber. Somebody turn the AC. It's getting hot in here on a football Friday. Part 5 edition, our fifth show. We got one week in the books with the football playbook, TFB, with the RIC and the place to be. We're here at the Jersey Shore broadcasting live around the universe. Oh, baby, it's a beautiful day. Uh, so there's your Eagles news for today. We'll we'll keep on monitoring uh, what comes down the wire. It seems like every day here leading up to the kickoff with the lions, you know, there's going to be some kind of roster tweak. Uh, Howie Roseman, like he said, he's working on things you guys don't know about. Right. So uh, we shall see next week will be lions week. We'll pop on uh, some Detroit lions beat writers throughout the week. That'll be a constant theme throughout the season on the football playbook, whoever the opponents are. So week two, when they play the Vikings, we'll have Eagles writers on, we'll have Vikings writers on. We'll get perspectives from both sides. Um, we'll continue to break down the entire football universe landscape. And um, with that being said, uh, before our first guest, Ralph Ventry, in about ten minutes or so, I, I want to dabble with uh, some college football guys. I mean, did you guys watch the backyard brawl? Are you kidding me? Did you see this? Did you see the end of the game? Unbelievable! So it's thirty-one thirty-one. West Virginia's driving down field to score. And one of their top receivers, literally, literally right off the hands, would have hit him in the face. Tip drill, right? The old tip drill. And Pittsburgh, the defenders right there, scoops it up. Pick six, 38, 31. Pittsburgh goes up. West Virginia gets the ball back. This is all with like less than three minutes to go. West Virginia gets the ball back. Shout out to JT Daniels, who played pretty well. The Georgia transfer, uh, 214 yards with a pair of touchdowns. The final play of the game. Well, 22 seconds left. Pittsburgh got the ball back and just kneeled on it. But the final play of the game, JT Daniels finds the receiver, and it just barely, you know, the the receiver grabs it with his fingertips, and it hits the carpet. It's ruled incomplete, but it goes down to the wire. Just a thrilling, thrilling game if you guys were up to see that. And uh, number 12, the freshman running back for West Virginia. I think we saw a star in the making there. 12 carries, or no, seven carries, a buck 25, and a touchdown 44-yard scamper. That number 12 for West Virginia. Keep an eye on that, young man. Cadence Lovis, by the way, the transfer from USC, stepping into Kenny Pickett's roll 308 yards and a touchdown, zero interceptions. So uh two quarterbacks just to keep monitoring throughout the season. I think Keaton Slovis is a guy that can really ascend into maybe a day two, possibly a day one pick, but I think he's going to be a really, really good developmental prospect there. And then how about Penn state coming back again, last second heroics, Uh Sean Clifford throwing a costly interception there at the end. But he gets the ball back. Final drive, makes a big pass downfield to our guy, Tinsley, who we talked about, the transfer from Western Kentucky. He finished with 84 yards, seven catches and a touchdown. And, um, you know, Penn State pulls it off. 35-31 on the road at Purdue. So two big time matchups. Aiden O'Connell, another quarterback, at um, Purdue to keep an eye on for the upcoming draft. He had 356 yards passing and a touchdown. And I mentioned Joey Porter Jr., the son of Joey Porter, you know, the old linebacker from the Steelers, right? Um, I told you I was gushing over this guy. How about this for a first impression in 2022? Two fumble recoveries. He's he's out there like the hungry hippo scooping up loose balls. Uh, three pass deflections and leads the team with eight tackles. This is a corner, cornerback. Okay, guys, a cornerback, eight tackles, three pass deflections, two fumble recoveries. You heard it here first, Joey Porter Jr. is a first round pick. Just telling you right now. So, you know, some exciting games there. Um, We have Let's see Temple kicking off. We didn't get Coach Stan Drayton. We'll try to pop him on next week, but the Stan Drayton era begins in Temple. They look to rebound, get back on track. Uh, they're at Duke tonight. That's going to be seven thirty p.m. on the ACC network. If you want to uh, tune into that, and then uh, Villanova also kicking off in Philadelphia at home, taking on Lehigh. Villanova, the uh, Colonial Athletic Association defending champions. If you're not familiar. Uh, CAA is probably the toughest division in all of FCS Villanova won that last year and they were picked to win that again this year and I think they're going to be a a player in the FCS playoffs so this one's not televised but uh 6 p.m down there in Philly uh if you want to go to Villanova Stadium and get that one in and I see some of us uh are some draft nicks John in the chat yeah Drew Alar this is the quarterback of the future they were gushing over when I went up to Happy Valley. Uh, Drew Alar, five-star prospect, he chose Penn State just about over every program in the country. Michigan, Ohio State, he could have went anywhere. Alabama, he chose Penn State. And you wonder, six-year, Sean Clifford, so much experience. It means so much at the collegiate level versus an incoming freshman. You wonder, though just how many mistakes like we saw from Sean Clifford. Now he rebounded, he bounced back, he pulled out the victory. But at what point do do they turn to Drew Alar, who, you know, Penn State not even ranked in the top 25. They've got a top 25 defense, though. They might have a top five defense, that's for sure. All right. Um, Also, tonight we've got Western Michigan at Michigan State. If you're looking for a little – wagering play down there at the gallery ocean casino Michigan state they're gonna romp uh also keep an eye on this guy Grant DeBose I mentioned him last week he reminds me of Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills Charlotte's playing tonight this Grant DeBose had two touchdowns last week he's six foot two 200 pounds I think he's gonna test okay so keep an eye on that guy and then um couple couple games i want to get into f- that are going to happen this weekend to make you aware of we've got uh rutgers at boston college that has northeast recruiting ramifications boston college you know they they've been rating new jersey prospects but rutgers is going to have something to say about that they've got a competitive team it's only a touchdown favorite for boston college showing rutgers a little bit of respect and phil jerkovic Uh, The Notre Dame transfer at Boston College, big six foot five gunslinger. He's a guy to keep an eye on. This one's going to kick off noon on Saturday. Again, ACC Network. Uh, Oregon at Georgia. This is probably the closest matchup on paper, but it's going to be a blowout. (laughs) Oregon's ranked number 11. Georgia's ranked number three, but they're favored by 17 points. So that just goes to show what game this, which direction this game is trending. It's the return of Bo Nix to the SEC. Remember me, Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback who upset Alabama his freshman year. Uh, he'll be back in the saddle for the Oregon Ducks as they strap it up and take on Georgia this weekend. Um, Cincinnati ranked 23 at Arkansas, number 19, 3:30 p.m. on ESPN. They got a linebacker there in Arkansas bumper pool that I really like a lot, a little bit undersized, kind of like a Sean Bradley kind of mold. Um, so keep an eye on that, young man. And then how about this? Alabama takes on Utah State, who beat um Yukon last week. Now, Utah State was a team who received top 25 votes. They were out of the top 25, they just missed. They were like 26th or 27th and uh Bama's favored by 42. <laughs> How about that? Over under 62. So, um, and then, Hey, I won't see you till Monday, but just so you're aware, we don't have NFL this Sunday, but we do have Florida state at LSU 7 30 PM on ABC. Uh, great game to tune into Florida state at LSU on a Sunday night affair. Hey, I'm game for that. And just so you know, LSU's in my preseason top 10. I don't think they're in the top 25 AP poll. I don't think they're in the top 25 coaches poll, but I've got them sitting at number 10 to kick off the season. NC state, my dark horse, If you're looking for a value play there. I think they get into the college football playoffs. I like NC state over Clemson. I think they play week four and, uh, Yes, I said Bumper Pool. That's his name. And I think they play week four. And uh, I got NC State, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, NC State, Clemson, Michigan, Texas. Steve Sarkeesian I like. And USC with Lincoln Riley I think could be in the top ten when it's all said and done. I had Pittsburgh at number nine after that game last night. I don't know. I'll keep them there for now. We'll check back in next week with where my uh, top ten is at. Uh, But, hey. That's the opening segment here. we got one segment in the books, the football playbook, uh, holding it down with you here today and uh, breaking it down, chopping it up. By the way, we're off on Monday, Labor Day. Uh, The Jacob channel will be taking a day off on Labor Day, so I think Tone is going to line up some best of, and they'll be streaming. We just won't be live, so we'll catch you back here on Tuesday. I I misspoke that. I said I'll see you guys on Monday. So with that being said, uh, I think there's a Monday night, football uh, matchup affair going on. I think Clemson might be playing on Monday night, so I won't see you there, but we'll, we'll talk about it on Tuesday. We'll recap it. I like talking college ball. I like talking NFL draft prospects. It's something I do 24, 7, 365 over on the NFL draft Bible, bringing you the names you need to know first since 2002. It's what we do and what you do need to stay right here Hit the like button during the commercial break. You left me hanging on 99 yesterday. We got to break 100. Uh, We're taking you up to the noon hour where the sports take guys will take over from there. Of course, Dan Cilio from 3 to 6. Jacob Sports, your home uh, for Can't Stop, Won't Stop Eagles coverage. Kicking it off 7 a.m. with Jeff Kerr around the NFC East, followed by Birds 365, Mac and Mac from 8 to 10. TFB with RIC weekdays 10 to 12. Hey, we got it all. We'll be right back with Ralph Bentry right after this.
0: A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor. A pace setter. is my North Star.
3: He's trusted. Revered.
0: Appreciated.
3: He is Action News.
0: He's compassionate. Honest.
3: And fair. He is extremely dedicated. Motivated. And always seeking the truth.
0: He's also funny. We are a team of many.
3: Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him.
0: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free.
4: You're telling me that bottle is cut in half?
0: You could say that. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the aahs. Go for the bubbles
1: at it again. RIC in a place to be. Rick Saratella here on the Football Playbook. You there and my fellow Jersey Shore paisan not too far up the parkway. Ralph Ventry checking in with us this morning making his Football Playbook debut but those of you from the state of football know he is a regular here on the show. Good morning Ralph. How are you today?
4: Well great to be back with you Rick on this uh, exciting new platform and As you mentioned, I'm just enjoying a beautiful weather day here at the Jersey Shore, just about an hour north of the Ocean Casino and Resort. So uh, you know how it
1: is. Football Friday. Let's go. I do know how it is. Football Friday. I know we'll be hitting that Ocean Casino gallery with the Eagles postgame every Sunday. Seth Joyner holding it down. All the familiar here at Jacob Sports. And, you know, for those who are not familiar with Ralph, he is Part of the NFL Draft Bible Familia, uh, former co-commissioner of the Northeast Conference for nearly two decades, of course, circled the wagons, his new company there, and our residential Buffalo Bills insider, Ralph. I figured we'd go around the league, chop it up, do some predictions, but first, I know you are a uh, FCS uh, a voting member of the FCS poll. And I wanted to get your take on Villanova, but first how about some of those Northeast conference teams, Bryant and uh, sacred heart, almost pulling up the upset last night. Yeah. Well, Bryant actually moved down to the big South yeah. and they
4: went up against uh, an FIU team that was really vulnerable. You know, they were one in 10 last year and Bryant has the great sophomore quarterback, I don't think enough people are talking about him at the FCS level, but uh, you know how good Zevi Eckhouse was a, as a freshman. So I thought Bryant was primed for the, FBA, uh, for the FBS upset. Um, they got up 16-0. They wind up losing 38-37 in overtime. FIU goes for the two-point conversion. Uh, Zevi Eckhouse throws a touchdown for Bryant to give them the lead, but then FIU scores, goes to the two-point conversion, and walks it off down there uh, in Miami. But uh, that's one team that I don't think many people are talking about. Many people may not know that school, small school from Rhode Island, but uh, I think they're a top 25 team at the FCS level this year.
1: Yeah, Eckhouse is a guy, he's only a true sophomore, and he's one of the most uh, decorated quarterbacks in California high school history. Didn't really have the prototypical size. So he wasn't highly, highly recruited, but he's a guy who could be playing on Sundays. I didn't realize they went for two. I, didn't, I knew it was a one point game. I didn't realize it was such a heartbreaker. What's the skinny with Sacred Heart? Did they move uh, the running back there to wide receiver? No. Well, Sacred Heart, they're opening up on Saturday. Um, at Lafayette,
4: and of course they lose Julius Chestnut, NFLPA Bowl alumnus. Um, he's with the Titans now, but they have Malik Grant in the backfield, so they'll still rely heavy on the run, and they'll be uh, relying heavy on the defense. Um, but um,
1: there was almost another thinking, FCS upset though last night. Yeah, you're thinking about. St. Francis, St. Francis, uh, yes.
4: our good friend Coach
1: Valerio
4: yes. yep. out there, the former NFL offensive lineman. He's the head coach out at St. Francis, and they had Akron on the ropes. Uh, Akron, of course, first-year head coach, Joe Moorhead. We know him from UConn. We know him from Fordham. We know Joe Moorhead from Penn State, Mississippi State, Oregon. He's been around. Well, he took over at Akron now, and – they almost lost to uh, St. Francis University. That was an overtime game as well, 30-23. to 23. So, um, you know, St. Francis is always a scrappy bunch. You know, when you have a former NFL offensive guard as your head coach, you know, that kind of sets the mentality for your team. And, uh, you know, they're not going to back down from any kind of challenge over there. But, yeah, it was an exciting start to the FCS season especially for a junkie like me, and uh, just great to have football back, you know. No FCS, doubt. NFL, USFL, that was all right, Rick, you know. Yeah. That, that kind of, at least it, you know, um, helped a little bit, uh, satiate the appetite a little bit
1: uh, through the spring, so you know I'm all about it. Yeah, buckle up. I did a uh, USFL podcast yesterday, the Markcast Cast. It's floating around out there on the Twitterverse, so uh, buckle up. It's a double-chin-strap affair. Ralph Ventry with you here. Rick Saratella breaking it down, chopping it up. We got the ax sharpened on a football Friday affair. Now, uh, Craig T. Smith is in the chat room, wants to know if the Buffalo Bills are going to bring it on home finally and circle those wagons. We'll save that for the end of the segment. We'll get Ralph's Super Bowl prediction, but we're going to go around the entire league right now. We're going to go around the entire league right now and do some uh, preseason predictions. The XFL, uh, somebody asked in the chat room, when's that starting? They're going to have a draft in October, I think October 16th or so. And uh, they will start in the spring, and they will coincide with the USFL. They will compete uh, neck and neck. So um, they'll both start, I believe, the week after the Super Bowl. So once the Super Bowl ends, spring ball begins usfl xfl so hey uh we're gonna be keeping tabs on that once the uh, calendar flips over to february but hey right now it's all about the preseason and so we're gonna go around the league i'm gonna run through the division i'm gonna give you my predictions ralph you tell me what you like what you agree with what you don't like okay sounds good to me let's do it all right so nfc east this is unrehearsed people uh i have the philadelphia eagles winning the division by the way, their over/under is nine and a half wins. I like the over all day long. I think the Dallas Cowboys will finish second. New York Giants, uh, I think, might actually edge out the Washington Commanders at this point. I don't know. It's a coin toss. There's just a black cl- cloud hovering over this Washington football team. Uh, Giants over/under is seven. Washington over/under seven and a half. Are we? Are we living in a dream world? There's no way. There's no way. Uh, they they get beyond seven wins so i've got philly winning it and dallas making it as a wild card i mean i think it's a two-horse race for most of our guests here throughout the football playbook
0: well
4: i can't find anything to get excited about when it comes to washington as far as dallas philly it's it's probably a two-horse race like you said for the division title um I'm still in a, in a prove it mode when it comes to the Eagles and and Jalen hurts. I want to see it for a full season. Um, I, I I may lean toward the Cowboys on this one to win the division, but with that said, since when can you trust the Cowboys, you know so um, and uh, as far as the Giants go, uh, I think they're on, going in the right direction. Um, I think they they may surprise some people. Uh, I think seven wins is a good job for them if they can get to that mark. You It'd know, amazing. Uh,
1: That'd be a miracle.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but for the uh, Commanders, uh, hammer that under. Hammer yeah. the under. Get to Ocean Casino Resort today, or get your <laughs>
1: app and get on the under. Commanders seven. No doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, for sure, and you know. You're not making too many friends with your Eagles comments, but hey, that's the way it is, man. Ralph's telling it like it is. We're chopping it up, breaking it down here on the football playbook. So, uh all right, so you got the Cowboys, I got the Eagles. I think they both make the playoffs. Let's take a look at NFC North where, you know, I'm going to give it to the Packers, but I think this division's a lot closer than people realize. I'm not ready to anoint Green Bay in that upper echelon again. I just don't have a lot of faith in Aaron Rodgers winning the big game. I think he's a great regular season quarterback. Should get the job done. Both of these teams, Green Bay and Minnesota, should beat up all over the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are about as bottom barrel team in the NFL. I think they'll be picking number one overall. I don't know if they win more than one or two games. I think winning more than one game would be a miracle for the bears i do think the lions will be competitive they were a three-win team i can't see them winning more than uh, doubling their win total so at six and a half i'll take the under on the lions win total uh i don't think the vikings get in as a as a wild card but they're right there knocking on the door i do think green bay gets in so i got the packers vikings lions bears agree or disagree uh i think you're right on there mm-hmm. um I'll go with the Packers. I'll go with Aaron
4: Rodgers. Um, The Vikings, they are an intriguing uh, challenger, so to speak, in that division. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't know how much I trust Kirk Cousins. uh, It's a new coaching staff in there. No more Mike Zimmer. Um, We'll see how that goes.
1: They got got Jalen Rager, though, though now. They got Jalen Rager, so watch out (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big trade, <laughs> big Eagles trade, sending Jalen Rager out to, to Minnesota. So, yeah, and then, uh like you said, with the Lions, you know, hard knocks, it's a cool story. Dan Campbell seems like an awesome guy to hang out with. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm not putting any of my hard-earned money on the Lions, you know.
1: Uh, I mean, so. Yeah, no, I think we agree there. All right, let's take a look at the NFC South. Uh, big news out of the New York Post yesterday. Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchabomb, marriage maybe on the rocks. Was that what the hiatus was all about? We shall see. I don't think it prevents the Buccaneers from winning this division, though. They're over under set at 11 and a half. That's the biggest win total in the NFC. Uh, we had our guy Emery Hunt on yesterday who had the Saints going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if I had that, but I do have them sneaking into the playoffs at eight and a half wins i think they'll they'll be over that i think they're right there at nine and eight um carolina is a debacle i don't care about baker mayfield i don't care about sam Darnold. i don't care about matt corral uh i don't care who you throw in at quarterback there the the panthers are going to be terrible they'll be picking in the top five again this year and the atlanta falcons they're right there neck and neck with the bears in terms of possibly being one of the worst rosters in the league, it's only a matter of time before Desmond Ritter is anointed the starter there. Uh, Marcus Mariota just keeping the seat warm until they fall out of contention. So I have the Bucs, the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons.
4: I would go with you on that too. Um, but the Bucks, I mean, I think they're more than good enough to win that division. And quite frankly, I don't understand where all the Saints hype is coming from or, or really what's uh, sparking that. Uh, supposedly, they have one of the best defenses in the league. The last time I checked, they're down two safeties now, especially with the the Marcus May news. Um, but – and then on offense, I mean, how they, – they weren't very good last year. Um, you know, and I, you got famous Jameis. I mean, yeah, 30 touchdowns, but 25 interceptions. So, I mean – I'm not buying the Saints right now. I do love the I. I love to eat a W every now and every now and then. I mean, who doesn't love to eat the W? But, um, yeah, I'm going with the Bucks, even with the Brady marital issues and the fact that um, there's really no head coach in town. There, let's be honest. Uh, Todd Bowles. Great guy. Joke. Um joke of know, a head good coach.
1: Defensive coach joke like, of a head coach. Joke of a head coach.
4: Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but obviously I he's would. just a puppet. Like Tom Brady is calling the shots in Tampa Bay. Uh, why that's what he probably that's what he told him. I'm coming back, but I'm calling the shots. And and this 10-day hiatus, I would have loved if if he was really on the masked singer. But uh but I think obviously he had a vacation booked with Giselle and this was when he was retired and she said you're going on the vacation uh, or this marriage <laughs> is over you know that's all, of course all speculation on my behalf but um but that's the thing they probably, she had this she had this 10-day vacation booked and he had to go and and he's got the Pedro Martinez rules it's the Tom Brady rules down there in Tampa and he is the GOAT, so you could probably get away with that. But if the Bucks do stumble along the way somewhere, maybe there's some kind of division in, in, that, in, that, in that locker room. Like, hey, you know, like, it's they're clearly the entire organization is catering to Tom Brady. And, and you have the other side of the argument that says, well, he's the greatest of all time. Why wouldn't you cater to him? But to me, they're in dangerous territory, and I know Brady is a freak of nature, but he's 45 already, man. It, it, it's got to catch up to him at some point, you know? A goat, it's just a Unless he's not
1: human, you know? Well, we'll see. I you know, And just to clarify, Todd Bowles, great defensive coordinator, terrible head coach. You talk about in-game adjustments when he was with the Jets. He never made one. He never made one at halftime. He doesn't know how to adjust. He just runs out the same friggin' defense first half, second half, next week, this week. The guy doesn't know how to adjust. And he want to fall asleep, put a Todd Bowles press conference on. He's like a grumpy old man. Get off my yeah. lawn, Todd Bowles. Yeah. All right.
4: Now he's like a good white noise machine. You know, when it, <laughs> just put on a tape of his press
1: conference, you'll, you'll fall right asleep. All right. Let's take a look at the NFC West, uh, which should be competitive. You got the Rams. Sitting at 10 and a half over under a little disrespect there. Maybe some concern for the Matthew Stafford throwing shoulder. I still think they're the king of the hill until they ain't. Um, I'm going to go San Francisco here. I thought bringing back Jimmy G was a great, great insurance policy. Talk about some Aflac. Uh, San Francisco now I have to put there and in the playoffs as a wild card. Uh, Arizona, I think, is knocking on the door, but I just don't believe Kyler Murray is a true leader. I don't think he has the respect of his teammates inside that locker room. And so I think when it's all said and done, they'll be on the outside looking in, you know, I was a big Kyler Murray fan. I've since soured, I think down the stretch, he's got to prove that he can do it from week one to week 17. And he just hasn't shown me that. And, you know, every year he seems to get an injury. It makes him be a pocket passing quarterback. Once Kyler Murray loses that mobility, He's very, very um, – the ability to shut him down, let's shall say, it, it becomes much easier. And then Seattle, I mean, this is a debacle. In the, I mean, talk about a dumpster fire. You know the the meme, uh, the two dumpsters down the street, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I mean, this is a dumpster fire in the making. So I got the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals, the Hawks. I do think the Niners could win this division, but again – Until someone knocks off the Rams, I still think they're the best team. Not necessarily my Super Bowl prediction. We'll get into that later on. But uh, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, the Rams deserve
4: that respect as the defending champion. Um, They return uh, a lot of firepower. The only question I would have about this division, and it's something that intrigues me, I want to know how many games does Jimmy Garoppolo play this year? Uh, when is he going in week three? I mean, and and you're talking to somebody who loved Trey Lance as a physical prospect, but I I just don't think this guy's ready. And there's something to be said. He's only thrown 400 passes in the past three years combined. I mean, what's
1: your take on that whole situation? I think there's a reason why they brought Jimmy G back. Uh, You know, I think that's all you need to know because this guy, they didn't even give him a playbook until yesterday. He didn't even have a playbook. So, I mean, he was, he was on the field when they were in the inside, when the team did film study, he was on the field, like he was isolated. He was kind of like the ugly duckling kept outside of the team. And now he's back in the mix. And I don't know, I think Jimmy G will be the one guiding that team in the playoffs. I know that much. And so. Jimmy G's another FCS guy, one AA. Eastern Illinois. Uh,
4: Eastern Illinois, baby. Yeah. Tony Romo as well. So Shout out to Roy um,
1: Whitkey up there in Syracuse, who's now the pro liaison, his former uh, coach there at Eastern Illinois for sure. Um, all right, let's keep it out west. We got Ralph Dentry uh, sharpening the blade, chopping it up, breaking it down here on the Football Playbook, Part 5 edition, September 2nd, 2022. Um, all right, let's keep it out west, Ralph. I think this is the toughest division in football. I think any team can win it. I think they all have a realistic shot. Um, At the end of the day, pound for pound, you know, outside of Tom Brady, maybe Aaron Donald, I think Mahomes is still the best pound for pound player in the NFL. Like he's the ultimate X factor. And they last year, they remade the offensive line this year. They remade the wide receiver unit. I still think they're going to be pulling out the division But here's where it gets interesting. I'm a big Russell Wilson believer. I think Russell Wilson is going to turn that franchise around. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos win that division. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers win that division. But I'm jumping off the Chargers bandwagon because I've picked them now to make the playoffs, I think, the last three years, and they failed every single time. So I've got to see it to believe it. Um, But it just goes to show you what Vegas thinks because they got the the win totals. Kansas City at 10 and a half. Denver at 10, Chargers at 10, and then the Las Vegas Raiders at eight and a half. And um, I meant to say about the Giants earlier, they cleared $80 million in dead cap salaries there, just cleaning house. I talked about the Raiders' atrocious draft pick history. Josh McDaniel has a whole mess to mop up in Las Vegas, setting the win total at eight and a half. I think you could see three playoff teams emerge. Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. I have it in that order. Flip a coin, toss it up, throw the silverware up, let it come down. What do you got?
4: Hey, and the Raiders did make the playoffs last year, uh, Rick, you know. And if there's any division in football that can have all teams in the playoffs now with seven teams, three wild cards. If there's any division in football that can get all three wild cards, it would be the AFC West. Um, But as you said, you know, I'm torn on a couple teams here because I love Justin Herbert, but I don't love the chargers. I love the Raiders, but I don't love Josh McDaniel. And at the end of the day, it's gonna be the Chiefs at the top. I don't know. Playing without Tyreek Hill, there'll be some kind of adjustment there. Um, they'll they'll lose a little luster, but Travis Kelsey's still there. Patrick Mahomes is still there. I don't understand why the Chiefs have been pushed down as far as Super Bowl favorites, conference favorites. Obviously, Buffalo is. Uh, number one uh, Super Bowl favorite and then you're talking about other teams you hear a lot about Ravens Bengals what about the Chiefs man I just don't I, I don't see a big drop off I I like that Chiefs over 10 and a half I think the Chiefs could win 12-13 games um, no, as, as tough as that division is
1: yeah I mean listen Andy Reid is going to adapt and adjust and I just think it just means Mahomes is spraying the ball all over the field more often and He'll just ride a hot hand and uh, Marcus valdez Gantling in the slot there, I think could be a really dangerous weapon. Um, you know, this is the year for McCole Hardman. He said, he's going to break out. Let's see it. Uh, so yeah, I think the chiefs there um, AFC South. Okay. Uh, I've got an upset here. Not up, not up top. I think the Colts are going to win the division. I like the uh, Mr. Presidential uh, Matt Ryan. Atmosphere that's there. Um, however, I've got the Houston Texans in a stunner now. They're over, over, under win totals four and a half. I think the Houston Texans are going to be an eight or nine win ball club. I really do, and that's because of the draft uh picks that Nick Cesario has accumulated over the last two years. If you look at uh the best draft class from two years ago, it was the Houston Texans. Almost every single rookie made a significant impact, and we're talking about mid-round picks such as Davis Mills, late-round picks. This year, same deal, Damian Pierce, they snatch him up in the fourth round. He's going to be a starter. Uh, I love what the Texans have done from an NFL draft standpoint. And listen, Tennessee Titans are vulnerable. I'm not a believer in Ryan Tannehill. I liked what I saw from Malik Willis and Spurts during the preseason. He's nowhere near ready. Derrick Henry I saw just got rewarded an extension, but he's been banged up. I think we'll see our guy Julius Chestnut at some point. So I have a little concern about Henry staying healthy. Uh, Every running back who runs for 2,000 yards in the history of the NFL, they've pretty much been shot after that if you go back and test out uh, the hands of time. So Tannehill is a disaster. Any quarterback that has to go seek out a psychiatrist in the offseason and then talk about that publicly, I don't know if I want that guy leading my team. That's just me. I'm sorry. I know it's 2022. I'm just not into that kind of thing. You're so mentally weak. You got to go see a psychiatrist because you're mentally distraught over the game of football. How about this? Go stick your nose in the film room and get better, Ryan Tannehill.
4: I don't have the problem with seeking out the mental health. I'm not going to knock him for that. But why do you have to talk about right. it? Right, you know. Yeah. Why do you got to advertise it? That's yeah. personal yeah. business, you know. Um. So I'm never gonna knock somebody for going out to seek the the mental health. But yeah, you, it doesn't need to be advertised. And to be honest with you, Ryan Tannehill's always struck me as as kind of a whiner and as kind of a, a selfish player. You know, there was a story um, in Miami where. He was getting, he got picked off like three times in practice and it was practice squad players and he had just gotten a big contract and he was, I don't know, he was just, it's not, I'm not, not a big, uh but he was chewing out a practice squad player, embarrassing a practice squad player essentially was, is the moral is of the story, but I've never been a Ryan Tannehill fan, but um, we've already talked way too much about that guy on the show, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, How, about Trevor, how about Trevor Lawrence? How
1: about Trevor? Let me ask you about Trevor Lawrence because I didn't mention the Jaguars. I have them picking last in the division, but Trevor Lawrence might be the best quarterback in this division. yeah, well, I, I guess last year,
4: um you gotta that's just you gotta chalk that up to uh, a, it was a total loss with urban Meyer. and, you know it, it it's a shame that his his career got off to such a rocky start. and he had to be in such um rocky circumstances uh not, not not no doing of his own so i don't know what we have in in trevor lawrence but certainly extremely exciting uh prospect and and yeah the jaguars could be could be on the rise but i think they're just they were just so bad they they have a lot of uh a lot of building to do there um but i i i like what you said about the texans you know maybe as a dark horse yeah. um
1: You know, that over is looking good at four and a half. And I just want to clarify, guys. you guys are not going to chat rooms jumping on me about the mental health element. My point is, why do you have to advertise it and give every opposing team bulletin board material? Do you know how much he's going to be harassed in between every single snap on the field now because of that? He's going to get verbally harassed even more. There's no but, need yeah, to come correct. out and, and tell understand. it. You don't need
4: to tell the whole world about all your We don't is. want <laughs> we don't want there to be a stigma about it and we want to eliminate that stigma in society, but there is a stigma. And in the locker room, if you show any little sign of weakness or vulnerability, you can uh you know, you may get 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 harassed about that by the other um
1: you know, it's just I just don't think he did I, himself. I, get I you're don't think from. No, I, I, I he didn't I don't, do himself any favors. I was picking favors. up you're down. He didn't I, do I don't. himself any favors. That's all I'm saying.
4: No, no, definitely, definitely. He did, he didn't do himself any favors. You're 100. It, and I hate to not, like not make it, it's a serious issue, mental health. So I don't want to take away from the seriousness. But like any stupid thing like that, like remember, like the Rex Ryan with the feet. You know what I mean? Like when that mm. news came out, like he's gonna get. It's just another thing for people to fodder.
3: poke
1: fun at or people to criticize, you right. know? Right. You put yourself out there. So don't be surprised when you get the backlash for it because that's just how grown man football is played out on the, in between the White Stripes, guys. All right. Rick Saratella, Ralph Venturi, breaking it down here. Two more divisions to go. AFC North. Uh, a lot of people like the Ravens. A lot of people think Baltimore might have the best defense in the league. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense, oh, by the way, pretty good, too. Mike Tomlin saying, hey, we'll announce the starter at our leisure, so just settle down before we anoint Mitchell Trubisky there. Um, Cleveland, I don't think they have a shot to win this division as long as Deshaun Watson misses 11 games. I think they'll they will they'll be lucky to linger around 500 with Jacoby Brissett. But, man, we talk about the AFC West. This AFC North might be the toughest division With that being said, this is a very low win total with the Cincinnati Bengals at nine and a half. I think the Bengals could win a dozen games. Uh, I've got the Bengals, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. This is a tough division, though. How do you see it, Ralph? Um, I like a
4: resurgence uh, from the Ravens. Um, I I think Lamar's got a lot of money on the line, and um, he's going to ball out. So, uh, I'm going with the Ravens here. Um, I kind of like the Steelers as a dark horse.
1: Uh, I don't know why their odds are so long at eight to one or ten seven to and I mean, a half. Seven and a half win total. Now, you know Tomlin has never had a losing record. Exactly.
4: You have Mike Tomlin, you have the Steelers' defense is, you know, it's still, it's still a force. Um, and I, I know you're not a fan, but. Mitchell Trubisky's all right, man. He's okay. It's not it, it, to me. He got. He may have been a little. He, that that's a guy who may have been a little soft mentally. And when he came into the league, he went into a terrible situation in Chicago, and they 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 put him off track. Uh, but physically, I I think Mitchell Trubisky will be just fine in Pittsburgh. And then, of course, you have the excitement of Kenny Pickett as well. I don't think he's ready. Um, I, I think you're 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 a better team if you're starting Trubisky this year at least. But um watch out for the Steelers, but I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Uh Bengals, they were a 10 win team last year. So I think that number is 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 appropriate for them. Uh they got hot late. Um, I don't know how much I'm buying into the Bengals defense. Um, maybe a little sophomore slump, maybe a little regression
1: for them. So I don't see it. I think this roster is very solid from top to bottom. There's not a really weakness on the squad. Um, we got to keep it moving and grooving, though, because we're coming up on a commercial break. We got five minutes left to play. I'll let you take it away for the AFC East, and then we'll do Super Bowl predictions. But how do you see, since you're our residential Buffalo Bills guru, which, by the way, I told you the Bucks had the highest win total in the NFC at 11 and a half. The Buffalo Bills have the highest win total in the AFC. At 11 and a half. How's that division gonna play out?
4: Um, this is the Bills division to take. Uh, it's I, I don't want to see Josh Allen get hurt. That would be awful because then their Super Bowl chances are gone. But if Case Keenum needed to start for the Buffalo Bills, they would still win that division. Um, they're they're that deep. Uh, and and like I said, they can win that division with Case Keenum at quarterback. Never mind Josh Allen, who's probably right there with Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback in the league. So this is the Bills division. I'm not buying the, the, the Miami Dolphins hype. I, I'm not a fan of Tua. I think the Patriots, it sounds like a mess up there in New England. Mm. They could be
1: overreacting. I don't know. but I think No, Matt- no, no. They're Joe- not overreacting because when you got <laughs> Matty Patricia and or Joe Judge calling the offensive plays, you're in trouble. <laughs>
4: It it, it seems messy up there. Of course, you still have the allure of Bill Belichick, but I just don't think they have the talent anymore. They don't have the personnel anymore. They don't have Tom Brady anymore, and uh, I'm not worried about the Patriots. And then the Jets, I think the Jets are going in the right direction, but... They're a five-win team at best. Uh, they, they 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 still have some building to do. It's it's the Buffalo Bills division, and quite frankly, when it comes to the Bills, it's Super Bowl or bust. This is the year they got to do it. Allen's last year on the rookie contract uh, before the extension kicks in. The pieces are in place. They got to deliver. They could have won it the last two years, but Sean McDermott glammed up in Kansas City. Two years in a row, they got out-coached. Uh, the first year, really, they got out-toughed. They got out They were intimidated by the Chiefs. And then last year, the end of that game, 13 seconds. What a disaster. I love Sean McDermott for the defensive scheme. I love the way he motivates. But in big pressure moments, this guy like, hides. He's like a turtle in some
1: ways (laughs) yeah well what do we got with uh the super bowl prediction
4: you're going uh buffalo bills baby buffalo bills and we will go with how about the uh this is a tough one here let's go with the san francisco 49ers bills and the niners that old Chris Berman prediction finally comes true, thirty-some <laughs> odd years later. Well, I know who you got winning. We don't have to ask that. Yeah, come on, man. It, it, I just want—I just want to see one before I leave this earth. And 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 this year, it's it—it's going to be hard because, especially for Bills fans, they're not used to seeing their team as the hunted. You know what I mean? They're—they got the bullseye on their back now, so. Um, every week the other team is going to come hard for
1: the Bills. So I just hope they're ready. All right. Well, I know you'll be ready to make that trip out to Arizona where the Super Bowl is being held. And uh, speaking of Arizona, Howard Balzer, our next guest, will be checking in. Uh, After the commercial break, before we get to him, though, Ralph, I know you're keeping tabs on the FCS over on the NFL Draft Bible. You got a lot of good content on the way. Give the listening audience at home a little taste of what you got in the works. Well, I just want we never got to Villanova.
4: And uh, Villanova is a top 10 program in the FCS again this year. Uh, They lost a lot. They lost their quarterback. They lost uh, uh, Christian Benford, a D-back to the NFL, um, Forrest Ryan, a linebacker, but I know you were at, at camp and, uh, I, they have a, a really exciting, uh, offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't pronounce the name. I know you were out the there. Sophomore. No, on
1: the... the sophomore. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I young think, guy. Yeah.
4: Um, so, uh, for, for you Philly fans who, who just can't get enough football, tune into Villanova. I mean, that's the same school that brought you, uh, Brian Westbrook and, uh, and, and Brian Finneran, uh, mm, of course, yeah. back in the day. So, um, yeah, the FCS to me, it's, it's, it's extremely underrated. I'll, 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 I'll preach this until, uh, the day I die. It's an underrated brand of football. And as you know, Rick, from the NFL draft Bible, there are so many hidden gems that you uncover and you see go on and have success in the NFL And uh, that's what we're trying to do here. So we're just trying to uncover the hidden gems uh, in the FCS, the next NFL stars, the next Hank Fraley, the next Brian Westbrook, the next Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, So NFL Draft Bible, of course, has been doing it for 20 years now. And uh, I'm just glad to be a part of the familia.
1: There you have it. Ralph Ventry, always sharpening up the axe. He'll be with us on a regular basis here on the Football Playbook, chopping it down, chopping it up, breaking it down, I shall say. TFB with RIC bringing you up to noon. We'll be back right after this.
0: Icon. a philadelphia treasure he's a mentor a pace setter Jim is my north star he's trusted revered appreciated
3: he is action news
0: he's compassionate honest and
3: fair he is extremely dedicated motivated and always seeking the truth
0: he's also funny we are a team of many
3: jim gardner is
0: our leader and we're lucky to have him at Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the Oz Go for the bubbles.
1: Keeping it moving, keeping it grooving here on hour two of the football playbook with your boy RIC and a place to be Rick Saratelitano like it is when it comes to the NFL draft and everything football here on the football playbook brought to you by Ocean Casino Resorts in Atlantic City. You're home for real football talk. You're home for Eagles post-game. You're home for can't stop, won't stop Eagles coverage. You're home for around the league. And that's what we've been doing here today. Uh, How about uh, Ralph with a great segment there. NFL predictions Uh, show your boys some love. Can we get past the hundred barrier? Can we get some likes? Can we get those likes up please? I know tone will appreciate it. Xander will have a great labor day weekend. Hopefully you guys have some good uh, barbecue cookout plans. would love to hear what some of you guys got planned for the labor day weekend in the chat room. Who's who's holding it down with a little BBQ action. Who's got some ribs fired up. Who's got some, uh, some uh, T-Bones going, this marinating uh, for the grill this weekend. I want to hear about it. Um, Ralph gave you his Super Bowl prediction, Bills over the 49ers. Mine is going to be the um, – I just had it. I should know it. Uh, my Super Bowl prediction is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they will defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 34-31. And this whole Tom Brady marriage situation has me feeling a little bit woozy now about my Tampa Bay Super Bowl prediction between Todd Bowles being the head coach and Giselle Bunchabong. Maybe Giselle is really the head coach in Tampa Bay. Let's pop on our guy Howard Balzer and talk about it. Uh, Nobody covers the NFL like that, man. Welcome in to his football playbook debut. Good morning, Howard, out in the desert. How are you today, brother? Doing well, doing well. I'll say one thing. First of all, you
3: shouldn't be getting me this hungry this early in the morning. That's number one. Number two, and this has been going on now for a month, I don't understand this incredible love for the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm not saying they don't have a chance to be a pretty good team, but I've seen rankings where they're ranked as the fourth best team in the NFL. I mean, we have no clue what their quarterback situation is. Is going well, look- but,
1: Howard, when you have a top-ranked defense and a, and a top-ranked running attack, you have a shot. I'm not saying you don't – hey, just
3: about anybody has a shot. No, I shouldn't say that. A lot of teams <laughs> have a shot. But all I'm saying is you still have to have the quarterback. Now, you're right about the running game, and that's what they're probably hoping will happen is that they won't have to ask Trey Lance to do more than he is capable of, or capable of yet because they have that good running game. And they'll just say, hey, don't make the plays to beat us. But close game, fourth quarter, you need a play from the quarterback. Who knows what he's going to do. So I'm not saying it can't happen. But you know what I think a big part of it is, Rick? In the NFC, I don't know who you pick.
1: Yeah, it's wide open. Yeah, Wide open.
3: I think there's not that many teams. There's certainly not as many teams as the AFC has at the top of the heap. In terms of what everyone would say, the top tier teams, and every team that you would think might have a chance, you look at their quote warts, and you look at Green Bay, and you say, okay, they've got Aaron Rodgers, and they're probably going to win a lot of games, but what's that receiving core going to look like? Uh, you know, the Buccaneers. You pointed out all the points, all about the points about them, and how's that? How's that offensive line going to hold up? That's that's to me, that's a real issue uh, with that team. Uh, right now. And then, so it's major issue, major yeah, issue. That also it, it, it'll, it'll be, you know, a typical crazy season, I'm sure. But what will happen, as we all know, is that s- teams will get hit with injuries. And you can't predict what teams it'll be, what players it'll be, but there will be key injuries that will affect a lot, you know, a certain number of teams that could have a big impact on who advances to the Super Bowl. But, hey, we're, we're here in the first few days of September, and we're talking about a game that's going to play in February. Boy, oh boy, just let it play out. Come on, just let it no, play well, out. No,
1: well, hey, we, we, you know, listen, some people are going to be going down to the Ocean Casino Resorts looking to get some uh, action in, so trying to steer folks in the right direction. But to your point, like, I think there's a lot of love for Kyle Shanahan, like, outside of Sean McVay and maybe Bill Belichick, I think, like, the national media at least has Kyle Shanahan up on this pedestal. Well, they do. Right? Yeah, there's no question they do. And you yeah. just mentioned, though, like, the Bucks have question marks. I don't like their head coach. The Packers have question marks. Eh, their head coach has won a lot of ball games, but I'll take Shanahan over him. Uh, the Cowboys, they got a terrible head coach. <laughs> you know, I mean, Mike McCarthy, give me a break. So I think maybe what people are thinking is like Kyle Shanahan is that X factor, and you know he wears his hat like me, so I like that about Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> but uh, <laughs>
3: well, well, you know the controversy is these hats that apparently the league yeah. is making these coaches. They wear won't let seven, them rock it anymore. Which yeah, which he's put which she's pushed back on. But you're you're right about that. But here's what I say, and I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan's not a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But when the 49ers have been good and they got to the Super Bowl. One year, of course. And last season, they were one step away from getting there and might have gotten there if not for a dropped interception from the arm of Matthew Stafford. Heck, we haven't even talked about the Rams. But when the 49ers have been good in Kyle Shanahan's tenure, what has been the constant? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. 31-11
1: and with Jimmy G, and I think like 7-22 and without him. When he's been healthy –
3: Then they they've been a good team when he hasn't been, and that's been a good part of it. Which let's remember led to the trade of Trey Lance because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't depend on Jimmy Garoppolo because of the injuries. And look at this—he wouldn't even be on the team now if it hadn't been for the shoulder surgery. He would have been traded months ago. So I I, I just think that and Trey Lance might turn into this tremendous quarterback. But how many games has he played on any level in the last couple in last few years? Heck, the pandemic year, he played what what one game? And I think he's he's played about 15 games in the last five years or yeah, something, something like that. that. And, yeah. and then even last year, when he got a
1: chance, when Garoppolo was hurt, he got hurt. So how do we know he can stay healthy? Howard Balzer, Philadelphia Native <laughs> here on the football playbook with Rick Saratella. So let me ask you about the NFC tier rankings, then because I kind of see I'll put I'll put the Rams and the Bucks up there in tier one. And then tier two, I think it is the Packers. I think it is the 49ers. I think I'll even throw the Eagles in that mix now because they have, outside of the quarterback, top talent all around, all around. And I always say, Jalen Hurts doesn't need to play like an all-pro. He just needs to steer the ship, guide the sails, baby. Show me the breeze. (laughs) And, like, that team is built to win. So where do you kind of put the Eagles in this NFC tier, uh, so to speak? I think they very well could be. I think that tier two slash tier three
3: is pretty crowded. And that tier and I, I would probably edge the Packers closer to tier one because mm-hmm. Aaron and here's the bottom. Aaron Rodgers finds a way whoever his now granted, they don't have Devontae Adams, but I remember a game when they knocked the Cardinals from the unbeaten list last year, and they didn't have Devontae Adams in that game. And they found a way to win running the football. And Aaron Aaron Rodgers throwing a whole bunch of short stuff and and getting things done. So I think that's what we're going to see a lot of from that offense. So I would say they're close to there. But in those next two tiers, I I think there's a lot of different possibilities if things go right for certain teams to move up into there. And so here's some teams, I think, to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is the Minnesota Vikings. One of them is the New Orleans Saints. And... The Saints last year were five and two, when Jameis Winston got hurt. Now, certainly that's that's banking on him, and I know Sean Payton's not there anymore, but they still have the same offensive coordinator. So if Winston can stay healthy, I think. And with a, you talk about defense, that Saints defense is balls mm-hmm. to the wall. So I th- I think they they have a chance to get into that second tier. The Vikings are one nobody's talking about. New coaches, new attitude. Their defense has to be better. But again, with the overall blah if you will about the NFC, there's a lot of teams that could potentially uh, move into that tier certainly the Rams are, are in there and the Arizona Cardinals here in the desert they' the problem with them is they're entering the season with a bunch of guys banged up and they're not even sure who's going to be able to play in week one and we know they don't have DeAndre Hopkins and some other how many guys. how many games is Hopkins going to miss? is it six? six six Mm. now they do have hollywood brown so that's a plus the defense has a lot of depth issues and here's the here's the cardinals first three games usually they've gotten off to pretty good starts the last two seasons with kyler murray under center their first three games are kansas city the raiders and the rams Mm. so how do you emerge from that gauntlet but they have a talented i believe i really believe they have a talented roster but once again it comes down to health and they're they're not They don't have serious injuries, but they have a lot of guys just banged up that might not be available
1: for that opener against Kansas City. Howard Balzer always got his finger on the pulse when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, everything football. Of course, part of the NFL Draft Bible Familia, NFL Hall of Fame voter. He's got some shows on the Sirius XM channel, and I think you'll be joining us here every football Friday to break it all down, uh, Howard. So, Let's turn the attention to the AFC then let me pick your brain there because that is a much crowded much more crowded uh conference and just the AFC West alone they got Vegas has three teams in the AFC West predicted to win 10 games or more the Chiefs the Broncos the Chargers you also have the Colts in the AFC let's not forget about the Bengals and the Ravens can never count out the Steelers and then oh by the way the Buffalo Bills where the NFC is completely up for grabs. The AFC feels like the haves and the have-nots. There's probably about eight teams that have a legitimate shot and eight teams that have zero shot.
3: Agree? Oh, that, 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 that's definitely the case. And certainly the Bills are everybody's favorite. It's, it's no nothing original when someone predicts them uh, to go to and win the Super Bowl. Is this their year? It very well could be. We know, obviously, as I was saying earlier, a lot of things can happen between now and February. And we also know when you get into that playoff chase in the postseason, you're playing the best teams and crazy things can happen there. The AFC West, man, that's, I don't know if it's in, in a different year, they, they might be able to get all four teams in that division in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's a real stretch, but there, that, that's, that's, that's an unbelievable division. What are they going to do to each other? Uh, when they're playing each, you know, when they're, when they're playing each other. And here's an interesting thing. The AFC West matches up with the NFC West this year. So mm. that's, th- th- those are going to be some, some very interesting uh, games, but I, I think. Imagine imagine
1: if uh, Watson was healthy though, too, because that AFC yeah. North Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, you throw a healthy Deshaun Watson in the Browns. That's in another top to bottom crazy division.
3: It, it totally is. and, and, and here's a team to keep an eye on. And again, it's sometimes hard to predict what teams with first-year head coaches, how they will do. But we've seen teams with first-year head coaches do well in past seasons. The Miami Dolphins, our team obviously that finished last season strong, have a whole new look. Obviously, it all depends on what happens with Tagovailoa. Is he going to play at a consistent high level? But that's a pretty good football team. And so, yeah, like you said, there, there's just so many good teams. And I think a lot of people might be sleeping on the Colts. You saw the Titans. We haven't even mentioned them. So this is just a bear. I mean, just look at it this way. What is it? Seven teams will make the playoffs. And there's going to be a couple teams probably that have pretty good records that won't even be in the postseason. And you mentioned that prediction that three teams will win 10 games. I mean, uh, last year, two of them did. And the Chargers what won nine and lost that game of the that last game of the of the regular season against the Raiders to see who gets in the playoffs. And hey, how about this? They play again. They play on opening week. So they played in the final game of the entire season in the NFL last year in a wild Sunday night game. And now they open the season playing each other in what's the beginning of that AFC West gauntlet?
1: I, I need to know what's the over I love under that word,
3: by the way gauntlet.
1: Yeah, it is a gauntlet, and I need to know what's the over under for how many fourth downs Brandon Staley will go for it in that case. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Make, you probably can't make that number high enough. Well, let me ask you this before we let you go, Howard. We saw the Russell Wilson contract come down the wire. Obviously, there in Arizona, Kyler Murray got his money. A lot of chatter about Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Are they worth top dollar? Uh, what do you think? How does the market play out for those two guys?
3: the hurts situation is an interesting one because obviously <clears throat> he has to continue ascending uh, playing at a high level to warrant that type of money. And that will be from the Eagle standpoint. Is this the guy that we want leading us for the next 10 years? And if you decide that he is, then most of the time you're gonna have to pay the guy. And that's just the way it is. The, the, the Lamar Jackson situation. I, I don't think he's very, being very smart, not having an agent and, Maybe that's his gambit. I don't know. Maybe to, to be the franchise player for a couple of years and then try to hit it big after that. But you'll be well underpaid for those two years when you're talking about guys making 40 million plus if for the next two years, counting this year, well, even the next three years, if they decide to franchise him would make what he'd make 23 and then about uh, 27 and then over, over 30 in the third year. So that that's a lot less than averaging 40 million a year. So I don't think that's a good situation and it's good for the teams that Wilson did not get the fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson did. But here's my point, you know, Russell Wilson's in a different stage of his career than Deshaun Watson. When you are dealing with those quarterbacks in the 25, 26 year range and you're signing them to a five-year deal, whatever it might be, does it really matter if the money's guaranteed? Unless the guy falls off the earth or has a catastrophic, catastrophic injury that ends his career, you're going to pay the guy anyway. What you're doing is guaranteeing base salaries. So those players uh, a big part of it. So those players are going to get their money anyway on a five year uh, on a five year deal. So I think that, that was, that's one of the most overhyped, not important stories about a fully guaranteed contract for a quarterback over five years, especially. When it's a younger guy, but look at what happened with Derek Carr and Russell Wilson. They didn't get the fully guaranteed because they are at different stages of your career. And so you're not going to guarantee that kind of money. So what'll be interesting, like you said, how does the Jackson situation play out? Jalen Hurts next year, next offseason, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert will be eligible for contract extensions. You know that those agents are going to be pushing for that 45, 46 million a year. So the the dollars are only going to go up yep. for those franchise quarterbacks, who obviously, like I said, are in those er- earlier stages of their career.
1: And the salary cap is going to go up about twenty That's to right. twenty five million per year in e- each of the next two seasons because of all this new TV revenue. So these annual dollar contracts are just going to go up, 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 going up on a Tuesday. And I think the NFL, uh, all the owners and GMs around the league, exhaled at the sigh of relief when Russell Wilson wasn't guaranteed the entire contract. So uh, we're running out of time, Howard. All TV
3: money, real quick. Not only TV money, but that little deal right up there in the corner, the gambling money that's going to be coming into these teams is going to be going through the roof. How long that's going to take where it's huge, who knows.
1: But it's yeah. coming very soon. Yeah. Shout out to Ocean Casino Resorts in Atlantic City. Shout out to our next next guest who will be Bob Wiley waiting patiently in the green room. Uh, Before we let you boogie, Howard, I think we'll have you back here next Friday for another football Friday affair. Tell the listening audience at home, what you got cooking. You got any shows going on this weekend? Where can we find you?
3: Well, uh, the hall of fame radio show on Sirius uh, XM. um, I, you know, it's run already, but they rerun it. And so, Uh, Always fun doing that show. But this weekend, kind of just going to be sitting back. It's a rare week without NFL football. Should be some good college football games and just just enjoying a few days of taking a deep breath before it all starts hitting the fan next week.
1: Yeah, Labor Day weekend is here. I'm sure we'll be chatting over the course of the next few days. But uh, always love talking football with you, Howard, and we'll do it again next week, my man. Looks, looks good, Rick. Thanks. Take care. All right. There you have it. Howard Balls making his football playbook debut here on the Jacob Sports Channel. You're home for Eagles coverage. You're home for Can't Stop, Won't Stop NFL College Football, bringing you inside the football community. When we come back, we'll have a football lifer over five decades as a coach, one of the best to ever do it. Bob Wiley will check in on the football playbook. We'll be back to pay some bills right after this.
0: a philadelphia treasure he's a mentor a pace setter jim is my north star he's trusted revered appreciated he is action news he's compassionate honest and fair
3: he is extremely dedicated motivated and always seeking the truth
0: he's also funny we are a team of many
3: jim gardner is our
0: leader and we're lucky to have him at Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that
4: bottle is cut in half?
0: You could say that. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the Oz Go for the bubbles
1: Back at it again. It's the football playbook with your boy, RIC, and the place to be. Rick Saratella on the TFB, presented by Ocean Casino and uh, Resorts there in Atlantic City, home for the Eagles post game, home for the Atlantic City Jazz Festival on September 17th. You're home for 10 times uh, the rewards play. Uh, so, hey, uh, get on it. Get in on it. Uh, let's see. Tone. Okay. We're working on getting Bob Wiley. He's looking for the link. Uh, In the meantime or in between time, uh, let me just say in the um, Backyard Brawl, I'm officially saying, like, let's just stop playing Jump Around, okay? Let's just eliminate it from every stadium. Uh, It's kind of like playing We Will Rock You. Um, The people in the stands weren't even alive when the song came out, and it kind of bothered me uh, when the song came on, Uh, Not only did they not know the words, they just didn't know how to jump in rhythm. Like, there's a whole jump around, jump around, jump up, jump up, and get down. And I just never seen so many people offbeat jump into the song. So, like, let's just stop playing it, okay? There's my free... Football Friday advice to you. Uh, <laughs> we're jumping around in the chat room. Shout out to all the chat room peoples: Fly Parks, BC, Gigi Meta, Craig T. Smith, Big Keezy, What a Beezy, Tavern Mike, Philly Five Five Nine, Dank. What up? Good to see Takeem joining the show. First time. Uh, you know, appreciate all the love and support out there in the chat room. And uh, we've had the NFL Draft Bible familia here with you breaking it down, chopping it up Uh touch base on some Eagles talk at the beginning of the show. Andre Dillard fractured left forearm probably won't need surgery uh, tone. Not sure if you've seen an injury update in terms of how long he'll be out. I assume he'll start on the PUP and miss at least four games, maybe longer. We shall see uh, Jack Driscoll, LaRaven Clark, or maybe even coyote uh, will be elevated to the backed up tackle spot as somebody alluded to in the chat room earlier, uh, just, you know, anties up the pressure a little bit more on Jordan Malata, but he he'll be good. He'll be fine. Uh, Davion Taylor resigned to the practice squad, adding to that linebacker depth. Um, Marcus may, by the way, I saw he was arrested and Ralph alluded to that. Uh, that's the saints, right? Marcus may, because man, now that Chauncey Gardner trade really, uh, kind of hurt them. Yeah. Marcus may. So they trade Chump Ch- Ch- Gardner Johnson. And then Marcus may gets, uh, arrested for a, a firearm. Is it, or uh, road rage, uh, what road rage and pointing a gun at several, uh, underage females. Like, what are you doing? Marcus may come on, son. <laughs> What's up, bro. Uh, Jalen hurts saying, I don't care about all the haters. I can't hear you. I just do me. And, uh, From what I've seen, uh, yeah, there are still a lot of haters, very much so, in the chat room. That's for sure. They're still hating on Jalen. That's all right, man. (laughs) We'll be here, you know, breaking it down, chopping it up. And uh, I will make it my priority to watch every single snap of every single Eagles game. And I will come here and light it up and bring you the truth. However I see it, I'll call it each and every week. So all this preseason hoopla and predictions next week that all goes out the window just a reminder a quick programming note we will be off on monday here at the jacob sports channel Uh, tone is going to line up some best of reruns and um keep you through the memorial day on monday but big shout out to jacob sports hitting that million listener uh First time in the history of Jacob Sports. We went over a million viewers and listeners for the month of August. We're just going to continue to climb. Of course, it all kicks off 7 a.m. Eastern with the guy Jeff Kerr around the NFC East. Off to a good show. uh, Launching this week along with the football playbook here from 10 to 12. In between, they sandwiched the Mac and Mac. Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, uh, Birds 365. And we'll have the Sports Take guys here in just about 30 minutes or so. So you don't even need to leave the chat. You'll just go automatically to the Sports Take guys. I I saw some people saying that it worked yesterday. So you just stay right here. You don't need to log off and log back on. Tone is going to take you there. You just buckle up. You stay for the ride. It's a double chin strap affair. And then Big Sills is going to bring it home from 3 to 6 with the National Football Show. It's just how we get down at the Jacob Sports Channel, okay? Um our guy Mook Williams is going to be joining us here in about 10 minutes or so. Uh before we pop him on, I think at this point Tone will probably just oh hold on. Tone's got a note for me. Okay. Yeah, we'll just get we'll pop on uh Coach Wiley next week at this point. Oh, there he is. All right, there we got him. All right, Tone, you worked the magic. There he is, Coach Bob Wiley go. checking in. Football Friday affair. Good morning, coach. How are you out there? How are we doing today, guys? Uh, we're, we're holding up the best we can, man. We appreciate all your love and support. And, uh, I know we were chatting off the, are you out in the desert? Are you out West? Where are you checking in from this morning?
5: Um, I'm checking in from the sunny side of the country. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's good because we got some sunshine out here at the Jersey shore too, but it's coming to an end here on the East coast. The fall breeze is coming in and, um, we've Football got a big, weather. Yeah, football weather. And, uh, Coach, this is my new show, by the way, the Football Playbook, our first week on the air, and we have a very big Philadelphia contingent. So I know you've got a story about Philadelphia.
5: Oh, Philadelphia. Oh, God, what do I know about Philadelphia? I know Benjamin Franklin was big there at one time. Do you know Jeff Stoutland, this offensive line coach for the Eagles? Jeff Stoutland, uh, Jeff Stoutland was a graduate assistant at Syracuse University for George DeLeon. Uh, God rest his soul. George passed away uh, a short while back. And and uh, that's when I first met him. I'd go up there and, and work some players out for the draft. I, I think I was with the Bears at the time. Maybe it was the Bengals. I can't remember. All right, but I, I'd go up there and then Jeff would capture me in a corner and ask me about all kind of footwork about the inside zone play and stuff. And then his assistant, that he has there was the offensive line coach at the University of Rhode Island at one time, and uh, he would he would call my mom up right and see when I was coming home, so and asked if if he could come over and talk with me or or I could go down to URI and talk with him uh, uh, about offensive line play. So it uh, uh, I got some some people I know there right. <laughs> They, uh, but Jeff Jeff does a wonderful job. Jeff uh, Jeff has a national championship ring when he was at Alabama. He's an excellent football coach, and yeah. he also has, he also has a Super Bowl ring. Yes, uh, from from Philadelphia. So uh, not many people have those. You know, not many people get two. You know, one yes. from 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 college and one from pro football. That's that's a really unique uh, accomplishment to have. Well, there's a reason
1: why they're keeping him around. I mean, he's been there for, I think, almost a decade now. But you're right. Before Philadelphia, he was down there with uh, Alabama as a a line coach
5: for the Crimson Tide. Yeah. And then he escaped from (laughs) saving.
1: Oh, Coach Bob Wiley here. Good friend of the show joining us on the football playbook. Well uh he's getting a lot of props because a lot of people have said the Eagles offensive line is one of the best if not the best I don't know how close you're keeping tabs on offensive line units around the league I know Detroit has a pretty good one they were on hard knock so by the way we'll ask you about that um any any kind of um opinion in terms of this Eagles offensive line they got two potential yellow jacket uh candidates and uh, Jason Kelsey uh, Lane Johnson uh this Jordan Mulata has developed into a heck of a, a, a tackle in his own
5: right. You know, I, I you know, people say that, Rick, and you see yellow jacket. Okay. It's it's not because it, people will ask me to compare Joe Thomas to Anthony Munoz, you know? And so Joe's he's gonna get the yellow jacket. I said, guys, it's not the yellow jacket. You know what I mean? I, I it's the blue ring. They give you a blue ring that's like a Super Bowl ring. You know what I mean? When you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, anybody can go to Men's Warehouse and buy a yellow jacket. <laughs>
1: you
5: know what I mean? But you can't get those blue rings. Those are special. Those are special. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, when people say the yellow jacket stuff, I, I, I kind of think it, it's the blue ring that's really important. You know, they asked me to compare Joe with Anthony. I said, well, right now I'd have to pick Anthony because Joe doesn't have the blue ring yet. But he will. He will. You know, what I mean, he'd be a first round ballot guy. You know, but to go back to the the Eagle offensive line, you know, when you you put it together and you got all these guys and you go through training camp and you say, hey, you know, it looks good on paper and training camp's okay, you know, because you you're trying to save the guys, you got to save them a little bit for for the for when it really counts, the preseason. You know, at the end of preseason, everybody has the same record, none if it counts. You know. Uh, so you, you, now you got to go play. Okay. Now, once you go out to play, that's where it all, that's where you you start to count the numbers. You know what I mean? That's where, you know, are they going to be second? Are they going to be fourth? Who knows where they're going to be? All they need to know is that what is their production of each player is the only thing that matters. The production of each guy is the only thing that matters. Did he block his guy at this play? Did he do his job? And then did the offensive line, did those five guys play with one hot beat. Okay. And and a lot of it, you know, uh sacks. That's always a great thing. They blame all all the sacks go to the offensive line. It doesn't matter the quarterback can hold the ball for three days, okay? But they're gonna give the sack to the offensive line, okay? And the same thing with Receivers run the wrong routes, and they get sacked. The running backs block the wrong guys. They get sacked. do miss a guy. Tight end goes out when he's not supposed to. There's a sack. and belongs to the offensive line, okay? And and those guys. Oh, did we lose? Did they're we- so resilient, okay? They just, you got to blow that stuff off. So, when they talk about sacks in the offensive line, the sacks belong to everybody. Everybody has a part in it. You know, the receivers have to run the right depth. they got to run the right routes. The quarterback's got to release the ball at the right time, okay? He's got to get to the right launch point, okay? The backs got to get the right guys, okay? You know, so there's a whole mess of things that go into, you know what I mean, the sacks. You know, and, and there's some really good pass rushes out there. My God, it's – and so when you put together – uh, an offensive line game plan. Okay, There's two game plans that you give those guys. Okay. Monday and Tuesday, when they come to work, I'm sure Stouten does, everybody basically does the same thing. You know, I wanted my guys, you give me a plan on how you're going to block that guy you line up against. You know what I mean? So they're going to have to have a game plan on how they're blocking the individual that they need to play against. And they can put that together themselves on Monday and Tuesday. Okay, because they really the, the Monday afternoon and all day Tuesday they, and Tuesday night they are off. Wednesday morning when they come in, they got to have some type of plan and how they're going to practice. You know, like if the playing against Bosa, Bosa's a proactive guy. You know, uh, you know, a, you know, a reactive guy. So excuse me. So if 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 I want Bosa to stay outside, I can just put my right hand out. Okay, he's going to knock it down. He's going to stay outside. So he goes off of what you do. If I want him to go inside, I send a little hype, put both hands out, he's going to come across my face. So if the guard's coming with me, I can send him to the guard, okay? Well, you got to have all those type of plans in place, right? When you go to the line of scrimmage, how am I going to block this guy? And then on Wednesday morning, now the offensive line coach, you know, start when he's going to give them – the schematics of how they're going to block the defense okay what plays they're going to run versus certain fronts what plays they're going to check what protections they're going to run versus certain blitzes how they're going to get themselves into the right protections when they see the blitz contours okay so that's another game plan that they install on wednesday morning okay and then and thursday they're going to get the nickel game plan and then friday the short yardage and goal line and red zone stuff and you know so that those guys go through a tremendous amount of learning okay it's just not go out there and block the guy you know what i mean and and the better they play usually the better your team is i'm going to give you but uh, I don't know, maybe it's useless information. You guys can figure it out, okay, which I thought was really interesting myself. There's been 56 Super Bowls, 56. 48 out of the 56 have had Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing them, okay? Mm-hmm. If you don't have that guy, okay, good chance you're probably not going to go, okay? Okay. You're just playing football on Sunday afternoons. Wow.
1: 48 (laughs) out of 56. That's like got to be 95, 90%. So that leads us into a question that somebody had in the chat room. Uh, They wanted to know your thoughts. If you believe Jalen Hurts is going to be that quarterback for the
5: Philadelphia Eagles. Any thoughts there? Again, I... It's tough to tell how they're gonna play when they first start. I mean, he's got a lot of athletic ability, he makes plays with his legs. You know what I mean? It's just how they all play together as one. It's 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 gonna come down to him. It really does. That that one guy. I always group quarterbacks into there's like three, maybe four categories. There's a category of quarterbacks that they're gonna win you five or six games. Right? They're gonna get you fired. Okay. Then there's a the quarterbacks that are gonna be they're going to get you eight, nine games, maybe maybe get you to the first round. You know, Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield, those kind of guys, okay? And eventually, they're going to get you fired. You know, look how many times that Andy Dalton took, you know, Marvin Lewis, they took the Bengals to the playoffs and lost in the first round. Eventually, they fired Marvin. That's as far as Andy's going to get you. He's not going to get you any farther than that. You know what I mean? You know then you got the the elite set of guys like the mahomes the Aaron Rodgers, the tom brady's i mean those guys they win it for you okay they don't have to be surrounded by a whole lot of great talent i mean it helps to be surrounded by great talent okay you know but they can they can win it by themselves for you all right so there's not many of those guys on the planet you know so you know what group do you put them in? Then you got the the younger guys like the Josh Allen's, the Joe Burrows, the kid over at San Diego. You know, I those are really good up and coming, solid quarterbacks that are going to be. You know, someday they're going to be in, in in a higher echelon of the quarterbacks. And I don't know if they're going to be as good as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and some of those guys. Okay, you know, I mean, you know, Russell Wilson. You know, they they, but they're going to be they they are good quarterbacks right now. So. That one guy, that one guy makes everybody better. He makes the offensive line better. He makes the, the receivers better. He makes the offense better. He makes the defense better. He makes the special teams better. He makes the whole team better at one position. Coach Bob
1: Wiley here of Hard Knocks fame, Set Hut. You got it right here, the football playbook with Rick Saratella. Uh, we have one more guest. We got to sneak in here, Coach Wiley. So I apologize because I wanted to have you on for longer, and we'll try to get you on again in the future. But I did want to um, – Let the listening audience at home, you are just a fountain of knowledge. You've been coaching the offensive line for over five decades. I don't know anybody who can educate someone better on the offensive line. Of course, good friends with Dante Skarnecchia and so many of your fellow brethren uh, with your offensive line uh, coaching camp each year. And I know uh, you partnered with Coach Keith Grabowski that we'll have on at some point as well. But tell the listening audience at home, have you – circled some dates yet for for this year's uh or next year's camp and uh where can they find
5: more information well it's always uh, you can get on the coolclinic.com okay and it's always the uh third friday saturday uh in may it's been the third friday and saturday in may for 40 years now we just added a thursday night to it because we were running into some uh mini camp problems with the pro guys so i took all the pro guys and put them on a thursday night you know what i mean and we're now this year we're going to go back to cincinnati and have it live but we're also going to do it virtual so we're going to send it out virtual from cincinnati but if you want to come to the clinic and be like the old days where we'll get 400 line coaches in a room okay then that's a lot of fun to do with them okay we couldn't do it the last couple of years because of covid You know what I mean? But this year we're going to go back to Cincinnati and do the same stuff that we've done over 40 years.
1: No, that's outstanding. And I know we'll have you on plenty before now and then. Uh, Appreciate you waking up here with us. Sorry for the technical uh, difficulties and late notice. As you know, we're dealing with a lot both on and off the air. And uh, I I definitely gave uh, uh, Samantha, sent, sent her some love yesterday. When I saw her, I told her that you said hello. And uh, I'll keep you posted on, on that situation. And we'll chat. We'll try to get you back on the show very soon, Coach. But I uh, appreciate you taking some time here.
5: All right. Good Good day. Have a good day, guys.
1: All right. Thank you. That's Coach Bob Wiley. He's a legend. Uh, love talking shop with him. Uh, I always tell the story that uh, out at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, I had the honor and the privilege. I got caught up in the coach's room. And next thing you know, I'm sitting in between Coach Wiley on one side and uh, Jackie Slater on the other side. And in about two hours worth of time, I got a bigger education and learned more about the intricacies of offensive line play in two hours than I did my entire lifetime. And so uh, we'll try to get Coach Bob Wiley on here throughout the season, uh, friend of the show, part of the NFL Draft Bible Familia, As is our next guest. We're not going to take a commercial break because we just got jam-packed guests. Tone is bringing it on home with me today. We're going to pop up part of the NFL Draft Bible Familiar. It's a can't-stop, won't-stop situation here on the Football Playbook presented by Ocean Casino and Resorts. Make sure you go down to the gallery for all of your Eagles post-game coverage. Get all those uh, preseason bets, and we gave you all the selections at the top of the show. Go wager those Eagles, man. Nine and a half Pound that over, baby, all day long. And uh it, it might be t- time to pound some soda pop here on the Football Friday show with our guy Mook Williams joining us in from Boston. There he is, out back, chopping it up, breaking it down. Good morning, Mook. Thanks for hopping on, man.
6: Good morning. I'm back. I'm happy to be back. And this is a real background in my backyard. So it's Labor <laughs> Day weekend. Got a kickback. I got the visor. Got the Hawaiian Mook, shirt.
1: Mook, Mook. Are you suggesting that my background isn't real? I mean, it looks (laughs) me.
6: I'm sure they put you in the in the in the perch right there. I'm I'm sure you're right there.
1: Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mook Williams is my partner with NFL Draft Bible Consulting, a former certified NFL PA agent for nearly 20 years, uh, one of the co-founders of Vayner Sports, and you've definitely got to check out his Instagram page. You see it there at Mookagram, where he does his beer reviews. We'll get into more on that. We'll we'll, we'll uh, wrap up the segment with the Mookagram. Uh, Actually, Mooks Brews is the beer review one. Mookagram is my general one, but Mooks Brews. Mooks Brews. Okay. Yeah. Got to get it if you right. You want the beer reviews? Go there. Oh, I do. I do. Oh. But before we get there, before we get there, uh, tell the listening audience at home a little bit about what it is you do. I know you're a retired certified agent, but you do still represent coaches. Of course, you work with us here at the NFL Draft Bible, but give uh, the listening audience the skinny, real quick. I'll shout out to everybody listening, everybody in the comments
6: section. Uh, I'm a retired uh, player agent. Did it for 10 years. Uh, one of the reasons why I retired was not having to deal with what uh, many agents just had to deal with and are still dealing with, and that's final cuts. That's that's brutal, and I'll get into that for a couple minutes after after I intro myself. Still represent coaches, college, NFL, and along with Rick, run NFL Draft Bible Consulting, uh, where we help out various. Players, teams, parents, leagues, uh, you name it. You know, we put our collective experience together and we get it done. And we've done a whole bunch of different tasks for people. We've, we've taught agents how to become agents, how to ex- succeed in the business. Uh, we advised uh, parents of uh, prospects coming out of college. And, you know, we certainly advised uh, different teams and leagues, especially developmental ones, on how to how to get that next level of success. I'm also an attorney, been practicing almost for 20 years. and In about six weeks, it'll be 20 years. I feel old. (laughs) So we got that. I got other entrepreneurial efforts, and I also have a peer review page named Mooks Brews. So that's what I'm doing. Always staying busy, but always having fun at the same time.
1: Yeah, don't worry, Mook. I was feeling old watching the uh, crowd try to get down to jump around. They had no rhythm, no beat. They didn't know the lyrics. It's like, hey. I guess, you know, as somebody said, Jump Around came out in 1990. These kids weren't even alive when the song came out. So, yeah, Yeah. we're getting up there in dog years, but it's all good. Um, You mentioned the undrafted free agent process that we've helped a lot of agents and players navigate. Uh, The 53-man roster cut down was this week. There's still going to be a lot of moving and shaking, though. The kickoff is still 10 days away absolutely what can an agent or player or the fans expect to see coming down the wire between now and then
6: well these kind of moves aren't really reported on the you know the top the top outlets you know ESPN's not going to focus too much on the fight for the last couple spots or the practice squad but that's what's happening right now so you had different deadlines uh, the deadlines shift a little bit uh and COVID after so it's a little different the final cut down day used to be on the first Saturday of college football season. I hated that because you couldn't you couldn't pay attention to college football. Now they put it during the week. Uh, and you got to get down ultimately to 53 people. When you cut somebody who isn't a veteran, they go on waivers. So they're on waivers, uh, 24 hours. A team can put in a claim for that person that's been cut. Uh, and it, it's almost like a cycle. So that you get a first few waves, especially that last wave down to 53 where you cut you know, thousands of players go onto the street, but then, Hey, maybe you thought you made the team, but there's this other, there's this next 24 hour period where you're going to be claiming people that you might like that. You had your scouts out in camp and at preseason games to grab some of those guys that a team didn't happen to want. So now you grab that guy. Now you got to cut a new guy. So then another round's a cut of the people that thought they made it, uh, but got replaced by somebody off the waiver wire. And, And actually it keeps going a few more cycles down the line. Uh, also teams are putting together practice squads. So that's, those are the guys that aren't on the active roster, but you have an additional, uh, unit of people to get ready, practice, practice every day, help the starters get ready. And that's a coveted spot when you're an undrafted free agent, a late rounder, or a guy that's been cut and released a dozen times and just hanging on to the league. You want to get on that practice squad. You make, you still make a good paycheck compared to anything outside of football and you're one injury away from getting onto that team. And practice squad gets to be a little bit like college recruiting. Sometimes if you want somebody on the practice squad that, that maybe was in camp on another team, you have to convince him to say, Hey, once you've cleared waivers and nobody's claimed you, you have a choice on where you want to sign in the practice squad. Come on, sign with my team. Forget that team. You just spent you know every month with, you know, the system with come over to my side. And, and as an agent, you can sometimes occasionally negotiate little perks for, even for your practice squad guys with guaranteed money little bit elevated uh, compensation. Uh, oh, and by the way, when you're on a practice squad, any other team in the league can, can can claim you if they decide to sign you to the active roster. So there's all these pieces going around. You know, As an agent, you're making calls, you're remembering what other teams liked your guy that may, may have just been released, and you're trying to make whatever moves you can behind the scenes to convince that team to either claim your guy off waivers, sign the practice squad or at the very least give him a workout. You're going to see a stream of workouts this next week of guys that that uh, weren't claimed and weren't signed to a practice squad. You're going to see them get worked out. Some teams will fill that practice squad right away. Many teams will do it just with the best guys that they can still sign that weren't claimed off waivers that they cut off their own roster. Other teams will leave a few open spots. You know, they they might they might want to go shopping see who's available and they think maybe they can upgrade the, the very bottom of their roster so a lot of chaos uh it's it's definitely a, a cold shower cold splash of water to anybody out there that that maybe thought <laughs> they were in better standing than they were both players and agents you know as agents you try to you look through your list and you're like all right i think these guys can make it all right these guys might be in trouble these guys have a long shot and every year there's a little bit of a surprise. Um, usually it's a negative surprise for somebody that you thought know was uh gets released. So uh it's a it's a crazy time period. They've there have been uh years during this final cut down period where I didn't eat or shower the entire day, you know, just constantly <laughs> dealing with yeah. stuff and and you know, going crazy and the phones to get are lighting up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that's what this period is about. And you definitely miss the first week of college football. So I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore, and I will be watching some of those games.
1: <laughs> no more, no more. Uh, just advising, of course, NFL Draft Bible Consulting. If anybody's interested, you can get a hold of me, RIC at com. And we heard Howie Roseman say this is the largest group and possibly the best group of undrafted free agents because of all the COVID 19 eligibility rules and everything else. All right, we got like two or three minutes to mess around with here to close down the show. With the Mook Brews uh beer review. So set it up. What do you got for us this week, Mook? All right, real quick, I have from out in Wisconsin Hawaiian shirt party,
6: fruited sour, hence why I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, not a Mook's brew shirt like I normally have. This is the 8.3% heavily fruited sour as pineapple my kind of party. Vandering. My
1: kind of party, by the way. Exactly.
6: And it's a great way to kick off Labor Day weekend, my friends. Yes. So as pineapple, tangerine, mandarin orange, sea salt, toasted coconut. And this is a heavyweight, eight point three percent AVV. There's actually, uh, I probably can't. You're Making show it me on thirsty, webcam. Mook. You're making me thirsty. There's, there's pieces of fruit in this beer. Actually, there's a piece of fruit right, right at the top of like the. Like a can. sangria. Yeah, and this is a good <laughs> morning beer, right? And it is chunky and it is thick, and there's flakes of fruit floating around in there. All right, I'm gonna give it a quick review here before we go off the air. Give it Buckle the smell up. test. Smell test, total pina colada. Smells just like a pina colada. This is pretty awesome. Let's give it a taste. Perfect for the summer. Labor Day. It has the consistency of a smoothie. There's <laughs> little chunks of fruit in here. Can you hear that on the can? That's, That's crazy. I've never seen that. I've never
1: seen that before. That's fruit in
6: the can. If i had more time. I what do they got in there? Pineapple
1: it. or something? They must have some pineapples.
6: That must be pineapple uh, or tangerine. I don't know. It's probably pineapple. But, man, it tastes awesome. It tastes like a pina colada. Consistency of a smoothie, but it has 8.3% alcohol to get you off on the right foot for Labor Day weekend. Oh, baby. Really interesting, unique beer. Go check it out. Oh. By the way, this is Brewery Project. With a K and a T on the end, so some respect on this brewery's name, Brewery Project. On the Mook's Brew score, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five. On untapped.
1: oh, 4.5, that's a pretty good score for Mook. He's a tough grader, so uh, yeah,
6: they brought it with this one. They they brought it with this one.
1: Man, put some respect on the name when you see him in the streets. Mook Williams at the Mookagram beers Mook right. reviews. Give him the uh, information one last time, Mook. Here before we wrap it up and put that soda pop down
6: yeah so if you want the beer reviews go to mooks brews that's simply at mooks so Amazon michael o-o-k-s and then brews b-r-e-w-s it's also mentioned in my main instagram page which is mookagram and if you go to mookagram you'll just see a bunch of mountain biking and skiing and uh, adventure type stuff if you, if you scroll down a couple years you're going to see a lot of football highlights but now now you see a lot of me having a great time and enjoying life
1: well, dude, we're gonna do a football Friday uh, beer review every week during the season. So buckle up! Uh, it's a football Friday. It's a Labor Day weekend, and uh, we're out of time. So as Mook is pouring down that uh, beer,
6: have fun, everybody. <laughs>
1: we're gonna stay safe. With, uh, stay safe. <laughs> I, I know we got a call at like one fifteen, Mook. So I'll chop it up with you later on. Uh, good job out of you, Tone behind the scenes. And uh, we will see you back on Tuesday, everybody. Stay right here in the chat room. You're going to go right over to the Sports Take guys. We've got to pay some quick bills. Appreciate you buckling up and tuning in for the first week of the Football Playbook, Part 5 edition here. We'll be back with Part 6 on Tuesday. Till the next time, everybody.